Well, it's funny, isn't it, how often the angels appear, both in the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament, and almost without fail, the first words they have to utter are, be not afraid. Well, you'd think they might learn after a while that it is almost guaranteed that if they show up without warning, whoever they appear before is going to not only be afraid, but probably scared out of their wits. And yet, it is these angels who keep showing up as messengers of God to deliver the good news. So it was with Joseph. He had to be assured by the angel to take Mary as his wife. If the angel hadn't appeared to him, apparently he would have slipped off in the dark of night, quietly dismissing Mary to fend for herself. And what would have happened if the angel hadn't convinced Mary that not only should she not be afraid, but that she had actually found favor with God and her son would bring joy to all the people. And so she offered her resounding yes to the angel of God. And then there are the shepherds who were not only afraid, but we hear that they were terrified by the angel and the glory of the Lord that shone round them. Well, I wonder what that glory looked like, a beaming light, a golden glow, Whatever it was, it clearly was petrifying at first appearance. And if that wasn't enough, an entire chorus of angels appear and begin singing. Well, perhaps it was the singing that calmed them enough to hear the good news that they were proclaiming. And off they went in search of that child wrapped in bands of cloth, lying in a manger. But all these passages about angels and the good news that they came to proclaim got me thinking, where have all the angels gone? Because I don't know about you, but I haven't had any angel sightings in my lifetime, much less a multitude of the heavenly hosts. Well, at least the sort of angels as we have imagined them, human-like figures with beautiful faces and wings, sometimes with trumpets blaring. But upon further reflection, if an angel is simply someone or something who proclaims, or better yet, demonstrates the good news of God's love come to earth, then I have been blessed with an abundance of angel sightings. Several years ago, I shared a story about our fellow member, Tom Conforti, being my angel. I was only a seminary intern and all of the real pastors were out of town. And I received a call from a young person that, our, that a father of our congregation had suddenly died. His wife asked if I could bring over some books that she could share with her young children that would help her explain to them what had happened to their daddy. Feeling completely helpless about where to even begin, I called Tom and Nancy Conforti, who were longtime volunteers with Buddy's Place and work with bereaved children. Tom answered the phone and immediately said he'd meet me at Border's bookstore that was still open in LaGrange at the time. Tom and I sat on the floor at Border's reading children's book and books until we found what we thought would be the perfect collection for these young, grieving children. I have called Tom my personal angel ever since. And wouldn't you know it, he appeared without warning last week, just hours before I had to preside at the memorial service for young Kate Palermo, the 19-year-old member of our congregation who died Thanksgiving Day 
from complications from her leukemia treatment. My angel Tom knew how hard this memorial service was going to be for me. For it's never easy, of course, to memorialize a young person, much less a young girl I had known since her birth. But there was Tom at my door, simply to offer words of encouragement, support, and a hug. Good news appeared without warning, and I had nothing to fear. My angels show up without wings, and usually without a song. Tom, maybe next time you can sing me a little song. <laughs> but they always show up with love. They always show up as a sign from God. And the more I reflect, the more I realize how very many angels there are making appearances on a regular basis. They appear as simply as an I love you from one of my children or from my husband Dave. They show up as a friend who knows I could use a good laugh after a long day. They show up when I witness the kindness of a stranger. They show up when I see all the amazing work that our mission partners are doing to make our world a better place. They show up in a box of old Christmas ornaments that I had lost, but there they were, reminding me of my mom, who I lost 12 years ago on Christmas. But all this reflecting also got me wondering how many times my angels have appeared and I haven't even noticed. It made me want to live this new year a little more mindful, a little more present to all that's happening around me. For I sure wouldn't want to miss an opportunity to witness whatever good news God's angels are coming to tell me. So I wonder, who are your angels? And do you notice when they show up? Like me, I'm guessing they're not making appearances with wings and golden light, but I guarantee you they're there. So how will you live this new year more mindful so that you too won't miss the angels that surround you? I had a near miss just a few weeks ago. It was the evening of our longest night labyrinth walk. I had really only planned to stop by for a few minutes, maybe to sit long enough to listen to one Christmas carol being played by the harpist. But when I arrived, one of our guides hadn't been able to attend because of illness, so I found myself volunteering to serve as the greeter when folks entered Plymouth Hall. I stood at the entrance where the angel tree stands. You see, everyone that walks that night is invited to write the name or names of someone they are remembering that evening and then place the angel on the Christmas tree. The more angels that appeared on that tree, the more emotional I felt myself becoming. Without even realizing it, I found myself holding one of those paper angels in my hand and I was remembering the myriad of people that I had loved and lost, and the myriad of people that our congregation has loved and lost. Well, the remembering combined with the candlelight and the beautiful harp that was playing was all I needed, and the tears filled my eyes to the brim. And just then, the music stopped. It was only for a moment, but it was so very quiet, and the only thing I could hear was the soft, rustling sounds of the people walking, and it took my breath away, for surely what I heard sounded what might be the quiet rustling 
of angel wings. The harpist began again. Oh, holy night. And the walkers walked. There was a mother and a father whose daughter, tired of walking on her own, and joined hands with her mother, and they walked the remainder of the labyrinth hand in hand. When they finished, the daughter was accompanied by her father to get a better look at the nativity scene at the other end of Plymouth Hall. There was the couple that came that no one seemed to know. We welcomed strangers that evening, and we were grateful they had found us. There were two women who had arrived separately, both who had experienced profound loss, who met along the path and suddenly stopped long enough to hug one another, tears flowing as they did, angels showing up for other angels. And then God's angel of hope appeared in the form of a newborn baby. Just days old, her parents had brought her to experience the labyrinth for the very first time. Oh, what a holy night it was to see this young father hold his newborn baby in his arms as he walked the prayerful pilgrimage. Before my eyes, without warning, and without need for any fear, there was a multitude of the heavenly host, and if just for a moment there was peace on earth, and all seemed right with the world, and the tears streamed down my cheeks. They were tears of hope, and they were tears of sorrow for so much loss, but they were mostly tears of gratitude. Gratitude for the Reverend Paul Stifler who had brought the labyrinth to us so many years ago. Tears of gratitude for a community that walks with one another in times of joy and sorrow. Tears of gratitude for beautiful music and tears of gratitude for the many angels who come bearing the good news of Jesus, wings or no wings. They are angels all, and for them all, I am so grateful. One of the angels in my life was the Reverend Catherine Price. CP, as we called her, was instrumental in my decision to pursue the ministry. She died too much, too, much too young, and I still miss her terribly. But when she died, she left me this beautiful cross, which is the cross that her parents gave to her on her ordination. She also left me two of her favorite books of poetry by Anne Weems. And so today, it seems fitting to read one of those poems. It's titled, Angels Still Appear. Angels still appear to those ready to receive blessings in spite of the barren impossibility of their lives. Elizabeth still recognizes Jesus and calls him Lord, receiving him to her heart in spite of the distraction of her own blessing. Blessings still come to those who believe that nothing is impossible in the hand of God. Mary still gives birth, not just every Advent. Mary still gives birth each day to this child who advents into hearts unexpectedly and forever. Herods still live, who would kill this child, but Mary and Joseph still flee into the desert and the night to protect the one given into their keeping. Doors still slam in the inns of this world. Herods still plot to kill. Deserts and darkness still threaten our safety. 
but God still lives. In spite of war and terror, Mary gives birth to the Prince of Peace. In spite of hunger, Mary gives birth to the Bread of Life. In spite of lost sheep, Mary gives birth to the Good Shepherd. In spite of hearts pregnant with hatred, Mary gives birth to love. It is not done. It is not done. It is not done. The birthing is not over. The blessings continue, and angels wait in the wings. May it be so.